Welcome to the Planted Mindset podcast and this is episode 12. I have a guest who is an author. She is an entrepreneur, keynote speaker. She is also a wife, mother of six children and three dogs. Her book is called The Extraordinary Unordinary You and it is a bestseller. It's absolutely jam-packed of nuggets because I've been reading it. So we are going to be delving into some of the chapters and obviously a little bit more about Simone's quite unique, um, even though she says uh, unordinary, but hers is quite extraordinary life. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Simone. So I'm super excited to have you on the Planted Mindset podcast today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here. Oh, I, I, this, as I was just saying off air, there is so much that I want to talk about. It's going to be really hard to, 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 to narrow this down. But firstly, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I'll give you the real short version, which is I am an author, motivational speaker. I'm the mom of six kids, and I've been married for t- almost 28 years now. And I turned 49 yesterday. So that's really exciting. I did see that. And I was going to say happy birthday for that because um, you said about uh, sunrises or sunsets. And I was like, oh, um, and yeah, I was going to say, yeah, happy birthday. But did Thank you have a nice day? I did. I had a really nice day. My, one of my uh, children came home from school. She's now vaccinated. So she's able to travel. And so she came and surprised me. And that was that was a great gift. I already I have three of the kids at home, but that was a, that was a great gift to have that that surprise. And and my husband cooked dinner. And so it was a very nice day. Oh, I mean, I'm going to mention something about the children, because as I say, like, wow, what they've uh, taught you, I think is, you know, uh, absolutely amazing. But let so um, firstly, one of the questions that in one of the chapters, you, you've actually designated a whole chapter in your book about uh, perspective um, and also mention about your trip to Ethiopia and um, how that helped you, your, you know, your thought process on that. So could you sort of expand about that chapter? Because that sort of blew me away, obviously, the first part. <laughs> and I'm intrigued to know how is she doing? <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Millie, who is our youngest and she's amazing. She's 13 years old now. She, she came home at two and a half years old from Ethiopia and she, she really struggled at first. We really struggled again. At that point I was a mom of five. So became a mom of six and I thought I knew what I was doing. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things about parenting is that you, you learn something new every day. And, you know, she had gone through a lot in her two and a half years. She had quashiacora protein deficiency where she had that extremely distended abdomen. She couldn't walk um, because she was kept in a crib because there was a measles outbreak. And so just getting near her uh, took a lot because she you know, she, she had to learn to trust me and I was so worried that we wouldn't be able to get her home. Um, but by the, by day five, I think it was day five, she let me feed her. And once I was able to feed her, I was like, we'll be able to get home. So, um, it was an exciting journey home, but we, we made it home. Um, really, you know, when I talk about perspective in the book, I think we have ideas in our minds of how things should be. 
And sometimes we fail to see that it's everybody, everybody has their own perspective on things and, and we need to respect that. You know, I remember when we went to Ethiopia for the first time, um, really seeing children play and, and here I am coming in thinking like, I don't understand how everybody here is so happy. Like they have, you know, and this is a horrible perspective, but that was my first thought. Like they're, they, they don't have running water. They, all of these things, they don't have electricity, um, but they're still completely happy because this is the, the life that they know. And their perspective is that this is a really great day. And that really made me step back a bit and think about really what's important. And I think it was such a good lesson for me to, to not put my, my beliefs, my views on anybody else, and to really understand that there are so many different perspectives on so many different things. And we need to respect people for exactly who they are and where they are. Yeah, because you said in there, didn't you? And, and obviously, we will mention the book. Obviously, the book is The Extraordinary, Unordinary You that you wrote, um, a phenomenal book here. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously, we will we'll be saying where people obviously can uh, purchase that and uh, why they should read it. But you mentioned in there in particular about um, seeing children playing with what was a football, but it wasn't actually a football. That <laughs> um, it was a, a load of, was it plastic bags yeah. rolled inside each other? Yeah, they took plastic bags and they just one inside of the other until it was like, it's like a rubber band ball almost. Like when we were kids, we used to take rubber bands and make it into a ball, but this was made out of plastic bags. And here I am thinking, oh, well, we could just get them a soccer ball instead. Well, no, they're happy with exactly where they are. And my soccer ball doesn't make anything better. And, and really looking at myself and saying, you can't, you can't judge anybody. You can't, you can't make any decisions for anybody else. I mean, these, all of these children were completely happy and running around playing with their soccer ball. And, and that, and that was perfect. And it was really good for me to see that and say, okay, you, you don't need to fix things that aren't broken. Yeah. And I think what you said in the book as well, that really resonated was that we seem to think that, oh, if you have, you know, these belongings, these tangibles, that your life's going to be actually better. But then the reality of it is, oh my God, you know, a lot of us in the Western world are quite miserable and, and we have so much more. So there's, there's another level of, uh, you know, perspective there, isn't there? Yeah. I, I, th those things aren't what matters. You know, like when we talk about what is success and, and what is happiness, I mean, to me, success is happiness and everybody's happiness is at a, at a different level based on where you live, who your family is, all of these different pieces. But to make assumptions about someone else or a different culture and think that their happiness should be tied to these things. I mean, my happiness isn't tied to those things. My happiness is tied to my family and their health and being able to spend time with them. That to me is where my happiness is tied in. It's not in. And honestly, this last year has really put things into even more perspective for me about what's what's important and what's not important. And the material stuff is just not important. It's how we, how we reach out to people, the kindness that, that we show to people, the respect, because we never know what anybody else is going through. And it's so important that we, we care about other people. It's that, that to me is, is the definition of happiness and success. Yeah. Not to judge because you don't know where they've come, where they're going or where they are right now. Um, 
you know, and, and life isn't always a, 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 you know, a bed of roses, is it? (laughs) No, no, it's not, it's not unicorns (laughs) and rainbows. It just isn't. And, you know, and we, we all have struggles and everybody's struggles are valid. And I think it's important that we, we share them because that's also a connection piece. I mean, human connection, there's nothing more important right now, but sharing what we're struggling with too, not just sharing all the great moments, but sharing the things that are the really hard moments, I think are really important as well. I think that's what the, cause we obviously met through clubhouse and I think that's what that app has done amazingly well is because it is audio based. There's a, it's a different, it's, it's unlike any other app, isn't it? And I think whether I, from my perspective, as we're talking about perspective of what I've taken away from it so far is that people are being authentic and genuine and helpful on there. Now, don't get me wrong. There's always going to be trolls. And, but in my, in the time that I've been on there, I I've had nothing but positivity, uh, the rooms, but then again, it depends because you curate your own hallway um, on clubhouse naturally, but the, the rooms that I've been in have been uplifting, they've been supportive, but they've also been very open and vulnerable. And, and people have been really uh, quite willing to, to help but share. And like you said, that that cuts into all of the other you know social media apps that make you feel like you're not enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the one to me, what what I love about the, the Clubhouse app is that you it's not a video. Nobody's getting dressed up. They're sitting on their couch in their PJs half of the time. And they're just leading with their voice and their words. And we know words matter. So when we're having these conversations on Clubhouse, it's not, you're not looking at what someone's wearing. You're not looking at the makeup they have on. You're not looking at anything. You're hearing their voice. And that that is where the vulnerability really comes through because there's nothing else blocking your true self. You're just using your words. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been inspirational. I, I've found um, I'm absolutely blown away by it. Um, and, and the people that I've met have been amazing, including yourself in yeah. that company. Um, and so I want to talk, obviously, about your book because it is amazing. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was just blown away by the things. And this is why, again, we get this comparonitis uh, syndrome. I probably not said that right, but um, about everyone, well, they've done this, they've done that. And I'm going to talk about that on something else that you've mentioned in the book as well. But um, you've mentioned about perseverance, teamwork, kindness, and thoughtfulness as pivotal lessons that you learned when you climbed Kilimanjaro uh, with the, the Livestrong Foundation. Uh, can you sort of expand on those lessons, but also the experience you had? Because again, that's just blown me away. <laughs> Thank you. The reason it was really important for me to share that experience and on a regular basis, I want to be able to share that experience because... I am not an extreme athlete. I am a mom of six. I like to drink wine, <laughs> you know, so I can, I can tell you all these things. I, I hadn't climbed anything before Kilimanjaro happened. And it was one of those things where my husband got uh, the call from a friend who had climbed it the year before. And the friend asked him if he was interested in doing it. And 
again, when we talk about perspective, the way I tell the story is my husband's basically went one, two, three, no, thank you. Call Simone. That's not the way he, he (laughs) says he told the story, but you know, um, and when they called me, I said, yes, I, I would love to do it because first of all, we're mixing, uh, an extreme challenge with philanthropy, bringing not just funds, but awareness to this organization. And it was absolutely one of the best decisions I ever made. Was it one of the hardest things I've ever done? Yes, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I trained for about six months. That's all the time I had because that's when I committed to doing it. And I got in probably the best shape I had been in in the last 20 years. And from the moment I committed to it, my mindset was, you are going to make it to the top. And that was it. That was, I really committed myself to that. And the other part about me, it it took me a long time to get here. But anytime I've made a mistake or a failure, it's just part of my journey. So, you know, I don't really look at them as, as failures, but, but anything that's happened, I kind of take it as a learning, you know, part of my learning experience so that I can do better next time. But going into this, I was like, I'm going to make it. Even if I'm crawling on my knees, I'm going to make it. <laughs> and it was such an amazing experience. I tra- So the, the group that I traveled with for this, they were called, it's called Survivor Summit. There were cancer survivors that we climbed with, people climbing in honor of people who um, were in treatment for cancer or had passed. I mean, a lot of emotions on that mountain that day. And they, it it was so inspirational because like my tent mate, she, again, I didn't know any of these people. So there's 16 of us. We come in, we, we talk about, you know, leadership in a, in a boardroom leadership on a mountain is, is a whole different ballgame, but there were 16 of us. We didn't know each other. And, and I now had a tent mate too. So these tiny little tents, I'm sleeping in a tent with someone I don't know as well. And she was amazing. She's a breast cancer survivor. And again, like the determination was unbelievable. So really when we made it to the summit, it was five days up, two days down. And we, when we all made it to the summit, it was such a powerful moment because for For me, it was a powerful moment because this is completely out of my wheelhouse, but also watching people, you know, two of the people that I became closest with on the trip, they were cancer survivors. They are cancer survivors and seeing them make it to the summit. And at one point, I know they didn't think they were going to make it anywhere. So it was so powerful to experience that with them. Very emotional. I would imagine a lot of tears at the top. Lots of tears that froze very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) That would be no good thing because my eyes water as it is. I'd be out of icicles hanging off my eyelashes. We kind of did. We we kind of did. (laughs) Yes, we had all of that. That was all part of it. It was like, you have to have that to really experience it. (laughs) Have you got to leave your dignity at the bottom of the mountain? (laughs) Yeah, trust me. I mean, you got to go to the bathroom where you got to go to the bathroom. Like none of that stuff that like we worry about on a daily basis. If we're going somewhere, it's like, you got to go to the bathroom, go over there. It's, It's perfect place right over there. So, you know, it's yes, you, you. Actually, you don't even leave your dignity. It's just part of the experience. So, right. 
what, what stays there, what, yes. what happens on there stays there type of thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to know, uh, do you stay in contact with these people because that's a life-changing moment? Is that some, you know, like they, they remain as connections for the rest of your life? Yeah, a couple of them I reach out to and they reach out to me pretty regularly. Um, the rest, you know, we're on Facebook together. So every once in a while, we have like a big group email where everybody checks in to say what they're up to and how they're doing. And these moments where you have these connections that are completely unexpected, you know, really are life changing. And for me, this was one of those those moments and really kind of changed the way, you know, I really I love to talk about changing the way we see ourselves, that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves. And I think for me, summoning Kilimanjaro was kind of like there's there's no labels like you can do you if you work hard if you really want to do something you can do it you have to work really hard but you can do it and so stop stop saying i can't because can't means won't you're not even going to try um and so it really changed changed a lot of things for me and you know a huge amount of gratitude for the group that i went to went with because it was really seeing their perspectives on that climb and feeling the emotions that they felt together as a team was an unbelievable experience. Cool. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost like living life to the fullest. You could have never, I, I haven't done that. So I'll never understand that feeling, you know, and that is a gift, isn't it? To, to have experienced. I mean, that's the whole point. We come onto this planet to have experiences and to leave, um, love experiences uh, legacy whatever you want to call it but we we come in with nothing and we go out with nothing it's what we do whilst we're here that makes the difference so uh, you know uh, as I say you know really really inspired by by that I mean the best that I've done at the moment is a London marathon um, and that felt like uh, probably at the time felt like Kilimanjaro <laughs> to me but um, but again you know any goal is respective to each individual and it's not to then as you said as one of your lessons not to compare to others you know because everyone's journey is unique to them and and what they strive to achieve is still a big thing so it's not to downplay anyone's uh successes so um talking about those lessons so you, you've put in the back of the book uh, 20 valuable lessons for readers to take away firstly did you write them in an order of priority because as i was reading um, and they're all really powerful so i'm not going to divulge or ask you to divulge into them um, we'll let the readers buy your book and find out what they are but, <laughs> <laughs> I did secondly want to expand upon lesson 15, which was the one that really jumped out at me, which was you create your own reality. Um, so would you say that this is a nurture or nature um, perspective issue? Uh, because it's quite easy for, for us to blame and shame rather than take ownership. I think for me, it's more of a nurture issue. I mean, I think nature drives us in one direction, but we have choices every day that we can, we can choose to be happy. We can choose to be miserable. Um, we can choose to blame other people for things that are happening in our lives, or we can take ownership of it. And for me, what I've realized is that blaming other people doesn't move me forward at all, right? It just keeps me in that place. I feel angry. I feel miserable. And that's a choice. And I can either say, okay, how do I make this better? Which is typically what I, what I do. And trust me, I have my moments. I have great stories of like, 
you know, needing the reality check of, hello, is this really important? But, you know, I, I think that we, we have, it's, we have to work on things. It doesn't just, it doesn't just happen. Like we really have to decide how we want to live our lives because we do have these choices every day. And that to me is what makes a difference. And for a long time, I didn't think I had these choices. It really, I did, I struggled with self-doubt. I struggled with so many things you know, I struggled with weight for my entire life, but it, but it's choices that I make, honestly. So when I talk about, um, liking wine, well, if I stopped drinking wine, guess what? I would lose a lot of weight. So I'm making that choice (laughs) to, you know, and, and so I understand that now that it's not anybody else putting their, their views upon me. It's the choices that I'm making for myself. It's, and sometimes that can be um, a little bit too much like harsh reality for some of us to hear because it's it's hitting our pain points um, and it's that ownership, isn't it, to actually acknowledge that and whether you actually want to change it. And I think what it is a lot to do with fear because we it's 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 evolution that that we will stick in a bad situation because it's comfortable rather than go out of our comfort zone because it's the unknown and and that's i've i've heard and seen that being played in so many uh, you know situations whether that's food whether that's relationships career whatever it is isn't it people will punish themselves but but that's because that's more comfortable even though it's painful and it's only until that that tipping point goes to where that pain is unbearable that that's all actually you know i can't suffer anymore so whatever whatever is out there and it and the thing is it might not be that bad so you've had done all that suffering for all that time but it's it's a hard one to to sort of own up to isn't it it's, it's really hard to move forward because, you know, we are afraid as humans, we're afraid of failure, right? And for, for me now, kind of what I've said to myself is that it's okay to fail. Like that's part of it. Everybody does. There's not one person that doesn't have struggles, that doesn't have issues that they, they need to work on. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a story about my mom. I mean, my mom, if we talk about being stuck in where you are, she, she grew up in rural Pennsylvania she lived on a farm. Her mom had a sixth grade education. Her dad worked in the coal mines and a local brewery. She has two older siblings or she had two older siblings and she knew early on that she wanted to be educated and she, and she made that choice and she worked so hard. So she started working for another family when she was 13 and started saving all of her money, worked really hard in school she actually said that if she would bring home a 99, her mother would say, well, why didn't you get a hundred? So like there was a very, it was very tough. And for her older siblings, they, they didn't go in that direction. They didn't go to college. Um, and so there was a lot of pressure on her, but this was her decision. And she, she got into college at the university of Pittsburgh when she was in college, she, and she knew she wanted to be a physician. She worked three jobs and in college and she got into medical school at the University of Pittsburgh. She was one of five women in her medical school class and graduated in 1965. And there were 150 people in her class. So five out of, out of 150 were, were women. And, you know, that really was creating her own reality. She knew what she wanted and boy, she, she struggled a lot. You know, this is, she had so many, so many men say to her, you're, um, you're trying to break into 
a man's world. You're a woman in a man's world. You know what? And lots, lots of horrible things that people would say to her, but you know, she was, she did really well. She worked really hard and she was a physician until she retired in her seventies. She works my entire life. And you know, that truly is, I look at her and think like, she could have just said, you know what, this is too much for me. I, I don't want to push myself like this, but she didn't make that choice. She really, she worked so hard to get to, to get to the point where she felt that this is exactly what I want to be doing. And even as a full-fledged adult, she still struggled. I still remember her reading motivational books, um, you know, trying to, to break through these pieces that she struggled with for so long. I mean, when I was reading it, I was, you know, just thinking, wow, wow, wow. Like you say, um, there's there's all these glass ceilings for women in the professions. And, and we need the trailblazers to be the first ones to do those steps to allow that those footsteps to be trodden first for others to follow. So she is really inspirational in, in what she's achieved. So, you know, obviously take my hat off to her. Mm. Um but also, you, you, you're, you know, obviously doing something completely different, but equally impressive. And you mentioned about um, being at a network event, for listening to some amazing speakers at the time and thinking that they'd done, you know, fantastic work in their lives. And that would never be me. And you've touched on, obviously, the podcast about that self-doubt and not feeling good enough, which I think many people can relate to. So uh, you then went on to write your book, obviously, about your amazing journey. So actually cross that divide. But how would you encourage someone to find their greatness? Um, and what compelled you to, to actually push forward and, and realize that actually they're no different to you? Mm -hmm. So I that was a turning point for me. So the, the quick story behind that was that I was sitting at this uh, women's luncheon. There was this amazing motivational speaker talking about all the great things that have happened for her. And I, I listened to her and I couldn't help but feel a little bit bad about myself thinking that will never be me. And yeah, she was an amazing motivational speaker. And if I wasn't in that mindset, it probably would have been a really powerful moment, but it was a really powerful moment because it really helped me take a step back and say, and that's the whole point that you're not supposed to be her. You're supposed to be you. Look at the things that you're doing. It's the little things, the the connections that you make with people, the com the conversations, sharing your stories with people that can really inspire people to realize what they're capable of. So that was really a, a turning point for me, and that's what I, you know, when I talk to people about changing how they see themselves, it's not like a, a light switch and you're you're okay all of a sudden. Whoa, everything's great. It's constant. It's, it's an evolution, right? It's a constant process every day. And, and I do, I talk to myself every morning. I look in the mirror and say one great thing that I like about today or about myself today. And that I start on a positive note because I really think that that kind of builds everything for me. I was having a bad day the other day and my daughter's like, she's 13. And she was like, are, are you okay? And I was like, not really. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and but I kind of was in like that, that muck. I was in this bad mood and for really little reasons. And then I woke up the next morning and I said, okay, enough. Like 
that's in the past, move on. Okay. What's great about today? What's going to be great about today? What, how do you feel like, and, and that really, that helps me so much when I start off on a positive note and kind of look at the blessings that I've been given and going back to what you said before about, you know, I've had people say to me, well, oh, I could never climb Kilimanjaro. Okay. Do you want to climb it? No, I don't want to climb it. Okay. So that change the narrative on that. It's not that you couldn't do it. You don't want to do it. What's something that you want to do? And running a marathon is huge. Running a 5k is huge. All of these things that, that we don't give ourselves enough credit for. They really, and when you talk to people about the things that you do, it really does impact them. And, and it makes them think, well, you know, you look at me and say, okay, she's a mom of six and she climbed Kilimanjaro. Like, okay, wow. And then I say, yeah, well, <laughs> there's lots of things that I wouldn't want to do or lots of things that I would really have to work hard at if I, you know, wanted to do. And so we can't compare ourselves to each other. I think that we we really need to just support each other, elevate, especially as women, we need to elevate each other and say like what you're doing at this moment is impacting other people in a positive way. And you need to take ownership and be proud of that because that is huge. So, you know, I, I talk to my kids about like, I, I talk to everyone I meet, like, cause I can learn something from everyone I meet. So when I'm sitting on an airplane, I start a conversation. Sometimes people don't want to talk. That's okay too. Most of the time they really do though. Um, and I think it's so, I think it's so important to realize that our, our voice, our words, like really make a difference in other people's lives. Words are so powerful, as you said. Um, and I think one of the key things is as well, is that people actually want to be heard. Yeah, it, it's, it's so true. And listening to, and not just listening to them tell their stories, but encouraging them to tell their stories because sometimes people don't even realize that they have a story to tell. And once they start talking and you are like blown away, how many times I've been like blown away by these stories that I've heard from people and they didn't even think it was a big deal. They didn't think that it mattered and everybody matters. We all, we all matter. And the, the pieces that we have in our lives that we are able to share with other people are so powerful. Yeah, I, I, that resonates so, so, so much because I, I think it's that we have a voice, but it can be down to, to our upbringing or things that have happened in life that, that, that quietens that down and we're not speaking our truth. And I've, you know, read where they've said, you know, if you're on your deathbed, you know, like, <clears throat> what would you think if, if, if you were about to pass and you then have that realization that you could have done X, Y, or Z to not for you, but for others and how they've lost out because you haven't done it. And that was quite powerful because again, that was a different perspective. It's like, Oh, it's not about me. It's about actually what you've stopped other people getting. And, uh, and a lot of the time we don't realize that, um, and certainly like say on this podcast, I don't know how many people are going to listen to it. Um, I don't know how many people are going to take away a valuable lesson. Um, but all I do know is that I'm putting it out there. I'm having a ball. I'm learning so much and I absolutely thoroughly enjoy it with every guest that I speak to like yourself, because I take away something valuable. And, and if just one person does, then that's the butterfly effect, isn't it? But also 
some people will reach out and tell you. So like, obviously, if people give reviews, so I'll, I'll quickly throw in here. If you're listening to this and you love it, then do please write a review. Uh, because that's how we know, um, you know, that we've hit the sort of the right mark. But it doesn't mean that because someone hasn't written a review that they haven't enjoyed it and taken away that value. So you never know how much you are impacting others um, just by, as you said, being you. And and for me, the goal is always that one person. It's if you're if the stories that I share, if anything that I share, the, the, the struggles that I share, if those pieces impact that one person, then all of this is, is worth it because that one person matters. And if I can change their mind about something, if I can help them see themselves differently, then to me, it's so, it's so important. And, and the reason I love sharing, sharing my stories is, you know, first and foremost, because I didn't realize that I could inspire other people. I just was going through my daily life thinking that this is my life. And then when people started saying to me, wow, your stories are so inspiring. My first response was me, seriously? I mean, that's how I saw myself. And it took me, it took me a long time to realize that piece, but also even to take a compliment. That's what I really struggled with. Someone would say, oh, Simone, you, you look great in that outfit. And I'd be like, Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I think they're like, the pants are too tight. Okay. The, the response is, thank you so much. This person's going out of their way to give you a compliment. They don't have to like, but my inner critic, I'm still criticizing myself even through a compliment. Um, and so those things, and that's why I like sharing my stories so that people can see that, you know, I used to say, I'm just an ordinary girl. I am an ordinary girl that is and we all are ordinary, but we're all completely unordinary because we're all unique and we all have these extraordinary pieces inside of us. And we just have to realize that. Yeah, I mean, the book is so powerful in that. And I just think, as you said, the way that you've expressed yourself and explained that it will resonate with people. It certainly resonated with me. And, and I, I'm a better person for having had this conversation oh, now because I've you. taken away so much as I was when I was researching. I was just like, well, well, well. But I, you know, I love the, the lessons that you've put in there. So was there, was there um, a priority mm. in them or they're all equal value? Because there's 20 of them. Yeah, for me, they're all equal, uh, equal value. When So a funny piece is that I didn't um, let my husband read the book until it was completely done because oh. all about perspective. I really wanted to, to be my perspective on the stories because obviously we're all there in, in many of the stories, but this is kind of how I saw things. And so he you know, of course he's my husband and we've been married for a long time. So he said, I'm going to support you no matter what. And then he read it. He actually read it twice in one night. And he's like, I'm, I'm blown away. Like I, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I'm so impressed. And then he said, 20 lessons. That's a lot of lessons. And I was like, well, I mean, that's what I got. I was like, I, <laughs> that I, I, I couldn't get rid of any of them because to me, they were all important. So that's yeah, why there's 20. <laughs> yeah, I was reading over them. As I say, I don't want to divulge what they are, yeah. but you have, to, you have to read the book or listen. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I must admit, I was like, oh, yeah, oof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was just 15 really sort of uh, jumped out at me. Not that they weren't all really, really important. Um, and, and we're talking about lessons. So um, our like six children having adopted, you know, 
you will have learned so much and our children do teach us such valuable lessons. Is there one in particular that you that stands out for you that you've learned the most? Especially because they've come from a whole different world, a different environment, you know. So they're they're very good teachers. I can tell you that uh, we were. I'll tell a funny story about Millie, which which I love to tell the story because it is it kind of makes me take a step back. We were waiting to go through a drive through to get some coffee, and I positioned my car in a way that people could still get by. And of course, someone comes in and they cut me off and go right into the drive through. And I instantly was like really frustrated. I was like, I can't believe this. Like, here I am thinking I'm doing the right thing. And she just cut me off. And and my daughter's like, well, maybe she has somewhere to be. And I was like, yeah, but still like, this is just rude. And she's and she's like, mom, I think you need to reread your book. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like. Okay. Thank thank you for, thank you for bringing that back to me. And um, she's like, you talk about patience all the time. Like what is going on here? And I'm like, you're right. You're right. And so like we had a long conversation and then of course we get up to the window to pay the person who had cut us off, paid for our drinks. And, you know, I'm sure she didn't realize that I was waiting there. Who who knows? Like you, you never know what anybody else is thinking. So then my daughter said, can we, um, can we now, can we pay for the people behind us since she paid for us? And then that, that was the conversation of how, how many cars do you think will go through paying for the person behind them? Because this woman started this piece. So again, wow. they, they teach me stuff all of the time, but they're really good at saying, hello, take a step back. Like, why are you being so hard on yourself? Or why, where, where, what happened to your patients today? So they really, they really remind me of the things that are truly important. And I guess I talk about it a lot, so <laughs> they're not going to let it slide. A healthy dose of reality, but yes. a, a random act of kindness equally. I mean, yeah. that, that's a fantastic story. I really like that. And, and you're talking about fun. Uh, there's something in the book that you obviously say about uh, laughter being the best medicine. Mm. So again, is it, you, you mentioned something about rats and a minivan. So I'm like, is this an actual story? And <laughs> do you want to share? Yeah, it's an actual story. Um, so the backstory to this story is that my my son was away, our youngest son, he was away at summer camp. And while at camp, he got bit by a poisonous snake. And the his arm had extreme swelling from it. I wasn't able to, I was in a different country. So my husband had to travel to get to the hospital. And um, so when we, fortunately he was fine. He had multiple doses of anti-venom. He um, was in the ICU for three nights. So when he got home, um, we got home on the same day. He wasn't able to move the arm because it was because of the swelling. It was kind of locked in place. So I had to take him to the physical therapist. So the next morning we get into the car and I'm like looking at him. I'm like, you, you got a buckle. And he's like, I'm trying. It's hard because, you know, he can only use the one arm. And as I'm looking at him, I'm like, what, why is there popcorn all over the seat? And, you know, I'm like, how? I'm not sure what's happening here. And I start backing out of the, the garage and I look back at him again. And then I'm like, get out of the car. And he's like, what? I'm like, get out of the car. And so 
does, I do. And I look in there and there was pieces of foam everywhere. So basically a rat had gotten into the car while we were out of town through the engine block, a rat, a family of rats, 17 rats. I don't know how many rats um, they had chewed on all of the seats. There was rat poop everywhere. It was so disgusting. Um, and so I called the insurance company and they're like, oh yeah, just drive it up to the insurance adjuster. I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I, I'm not, I'm not getting back in the car. There's like, <laughs> there's still like rats in there. Like who knows where they are. And so they said, and I said, and if you have me drive it and it jumps on my head, you know, like then I'm going to have an accident <laughs> and it's only going to get worse. And so they agreed to come tow it and they, they, they towed it. The insurance adjuster looked at it and said, I'm going to have to call you in a couple of days because I've never seen anything like this. And two days later, he called me and he said, we have to total it. He's like, the rat literally chewed on every seat, their leather seats. And of course, it was a minivan. It was a moving trash can with six kids. Like there were, there were crackers in the nooks and crannies. Like the rat had the ultimate feast. Um, and so they, they totaled our car because a rat ate our seats. And, and I like telling that story because again, we are human. Things happen every day and I'm not embarrassed. I mean, I called the moving trash can and, you know, uh, it was, it was, it's to me, it's hilarious and disgusting and, you know, a, a, a good, a dose of re reality of what, you know, what happens in our lives sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's also being you're being honest um, and vulnerable there, which, again, makes you relatable to because, like you say, we've all had the, the you know, the, the not so tidy cars where <laughs> more, more, more uh, packets or, you know, rubbish in there than, than we care to, to clear up. But um, not that I've been in my car lately. Uh, <laughs> but but you, you mentioned back there and I read in the book, obviously, about that, um, the venom bite and that and, and also the, the scary thing of being a mum and then not being there. And you talk about obviously community and I'm sort of digressing here, but, but um, family and community because that's not the only time that you've had uh, an instance where you haven't been able to be there and lucky enough your husband has but you mentioned about your daughter's being in a car accident as well and you not being in the same country yeah so this was I was I was doing a lot of volunteer work uh, with an organization the Jewish Federations of North America I was in, in charge of their young leadership so this was a trip that I was on and we were actually in Morocco and I, they caught my, so my girls, my older daughter was taking the middle daughter to a dance and they weren't a mile from the house and someone T-boned her. So hit the side, the driver's side of the car. And they called me in Morocco from the accident. So one daughter was calling uh, my husband. Another one was calling me like helpless, like what, you know, I, I can't do anything. I can't, um, the, one of the airlines, I think it was Air France was on strike. So I, you know, I was trying to get flights back and I couldn't get anything, but fortunately my husband was, you know, he was at home. So he was, it took him five minutes to get there. And the crazy thing was that actually one of my cousins was driving, down the street and saw 
them on the side of the road. So he pulled over and waited until my husband got there. It's com- complete coincidence because, oh. you know, never, never seen him driving ever in town. And it was really hard because, you know, my question was, are, are you okay? And they're like, I-, I don't know if I'm okay. And fortunately, my older daughter, um, she broke her wrist. Not fortunately that she broke it, but that was, it's, the, the car was totaled. It was completely destroyed. My husband refused to take a picture of the car because when he saw it, he, he couldn't believe that they were that okay. okay. Um, and my younger daughter, she had hit her head on the windshield. So she, she had actually, she had some blood in her abdomen. So they had to send her to a different hospital because she was under, under 18. So she had to go to, up to the children's hospital, which was an hour away. And she had a severe concussion. And so she, it took her about a year to kind of get back to the point where she could do what she was doing before. But it was so scary because I wasn't there. I couldn't get back there. But this is why it's so important to have this community, not just our family, but friends as well. You know, we had friends instantly bringing over dinner and, helping with whatever they could help with. And, you know, one of, again, one of the most stressful times we have stuff all the time here with six kids. It is, it's either chaos or organized chaos and things happen, you know, you blink and someone gets injured. Um, And that was, but that was one of the most stressful times for me. And I was so thankful that I had friends, family. My mom was you know, my mom stayed with one while my husband went to the other hospital. You know, we're, we're very fortunate that we have, you know, such a great community that we can lean on um, when we need them the most. Yeah. I thought that was really powerful in the book and that sort of stood out to me about that community, but also being a mum myself as well of that feeling of helplessness of, of, you know, and as mums or as dads as well, we always want to be able to do everything, but it's not possible. And knowing that it still is okay and others can step in. So um, yeah, well done to everyone that that obviously did rally round and obviously being able to get back when you could. So, but yeah, and, and obviously really, uh, you know glad to hear that, that your daughters um obviously were okay especially with the car being a, a complete write-off so yeah. but um yeah it, it certainly does give us again it goes back to that very first question doesn't it level of perspective <laughs> yeah yeah and you know understanding like and as a parent there's so many things that we want to, we want to do, we want to make everything all right for everyone. And we want to fix everything. And sometimes you just can't like we, as parents, we just do our best. And that was one of those moments where just doing my best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I think uh, what's interesting is as parents, like we're always new parents because as our children grow, they're changing. So we have to evolve with them. Like you say, you can only do the, your best at that time and it may not be that good one day um, but as long as we can acknowledge that and that's something that I've said to, to my children when they were younger because I think there's a, a big thing well certainly for me when I was growing up is your parents are everything and everything they say goes and is right but they're just people um, and they don't always get it right you know um, because life throws curveballs so one thing that I'm sure that I did do with mine you know that if I had been ratty or I'd had a go at them unfairly or unjustified or whatever it was you know when I was putting them to bed I'd be saying look mummy you know I'm I'm sorry 
mummy didn't do very well today this 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 but you know I was doing the best that I could you know and and children are very forgiving um and that's you know one of the amazing things isn't there and like you say they are your greatest teachers and you know you've mentioned in the book about loving yourself and and my my son said that that was quite a leveling one for me because he said it very young when I was saying goodnight to him once and he said I love me and I I actually was I sort of a bit indignant like mm, what do you mean like you big head there's <laughs> a little four-year-old um and that was one of the biggest learnings that I took away from him at that age was that he's right I'm wrong I need to learn to love myself more um he's 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 got it sussed clever boy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it is amazing how quick they learn things and how much they absorb and so and they see these things right they see like like I said with my daughter saying what you look like you're having a really bad day and you know doesn't matter what I'm saying or what I'm not saying it's what she sees and so uh yeah. they they take they take it all in so that's why it's so important that you know we we're authentic and we lead yeah. with you know, everything that we do is about leadership, right? So we're modeling for them how how to move forward with with their lives. Exactly. Sometimes we're sometimes we're modeling what not to do. <laughs> I've definitely yeah, had kid. moments like that. You know, I mean, that's that's part of life. I'm like, that was an I that was a what not to do moment right there. Let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but like we say, we learn more from our failures. I, I wish that they teach this in schools. I think they should because we. It seems to me that every adult I speak to, they're all having to unlearn that failure isn't a bad word. So, you know, it needs to be instilled in children at a young age failure is feedback and it's part of the process and that's how you learn and it's not a bad thing um and yeah. not to be afraid to fail um you know but as long as you learn it's, it's it's learning so i wanted to go on to the um quick fire questions so i've got 15 questions for you simone you have to answer an either or or the first thing that comes into your head with a question i'm going to time you and uh, obviously you're going to want to try and get the fastest time possible to see where you appear on the uh, planted mindset podcast leaderboard which is on the website uh, www.nbefit.co.uk so are you ready i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> right i'm going to try and speak as clearly and as fastly as i can fastly <laughs> as fast as i can <laughs> no pressure i'm nervous right <laughs> off you go fly or sail fly uh wine or water wine i know that one ice cream or chocolate chocolate cardio or weights cardio favorite color green food you can't stand celery your best friend tina and stacy uh podcast or music podcast favorite band old band duran duran oh least favorite body part my butt <laughs> would you like to be invisible or be able to fly be able to fly last famous person you met ethan zahn from survivor Ooh. Biggest achievement? My family. Useless talent? I can whistle without moving my mouth. Ooh. And what would you like to be remembered for? That I was a good human. Wow. That was fast. 
That was super fast. Are you happy with your answers? <laughs> yes, I'm happy with my answers. Those, that's me right there. That is me in the in the in the lightning round. That's me. <laughs> that was brilliant, Duran Duran. Yes. Well, we we're, we're a similar age, so I'm 48. So yes, I do remember a bit of a. I, it was I like John Taylor. He was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, um, so funny. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I remember that. Uh, the, so, so the score, wow, you did incredibly well, Simone. So it was one minute and six seconds, spot nine four, and I think that puts you quite a way up the top. I'm not quite sure if it's the top spot, but it's certainly up there. It's one of the fastest rounds. So well done, you. Thank no you. passes there. Well, and and you know, obviously, there's some difficult ones in there. You know, I like the useless talent. <laughs> 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 I, was doing it, I was doing it in the car the other day and my son is sitting up front and he's like who's whistling I was like that would be me because <laughs> he was looking back at his sister she's like why are you looking at me and you know it started like the whole fight in the car on the way to school and I was like no it's not I'm whistling he's like how do you do that I was like I actually learned this when I was your age so it was funny oh there you go yeah. oh there you go see I'll pick the right questions for you yeah <laughs> So um, I just before we close out the show, um, Simone, out of your contacts, who would you be happy to introduce this podcast to and that would be happy to be introduced as a potential guest of mine? You don't have to specify names in particular on air, but if you can have a think about it and then obviously if by all means um, we'll converse offline. Yeah, um, absolutely. I have some ideas Um, for that. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, where can people find you and get a copy of your amazing book, The Extraordinary, Unordinary You? So you can find my book. It's There's a lot of online sites that you can find it, but Amazon is probably the, the easiest. Um, and then you can find me, simonecanego.com. Last name is K-N-E-G-O. It's not the easiest of names, but it is what it is. And What's great about my name is as I know it, I am the only one, at least on the in in the virtual world. So I'm the only Simone Canego that I've that I've found so far. So uh, it's easy to find cool. me. You just search me, you'll find me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool. Canego. I've got it right. I've got it right yep. that time. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> and finally, um, I ask all my guests this. Out of 10, with one being pants and 10 being perfectly splendid, how would you rate this episode? I would say 10, perfectly splendid. I really, I really enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> it's a trick question because, you know, if you give yourself a low score, then that's a reflection on yourself, isn't it? So, yeah. I've got my, well, I'm I've got talking my about your side card. of it. Yeah. I'm talking about your oh, side cool. of it, not about how I did, how you did. That was great. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Thank you. And I just want to leave an outro quote, uh, which I do by um, Bertrand Russell. To conquer fear is the beginning of wisdom. And I think you've done that, you know, in everything that you've achieved so far. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to continue to do amazing things. Um, I really enjoyed this book and um, I'm grateful, like you said about gratitude. Um, I'm grateful to have, have met you and our paths have crossed. And thank you very much for coming on to this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to have met you as well. And I'm so thankful to be here. So thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. And um, all the best of us look after those six, six children. Thank you.
As always, I absolutely love recording these episodes to speak to these amazing guests that are uh, gratefully coming onto the podcast and sharing their extraordinary stories. And obviously, Simone's only given just a small snippet of the amazing thing that's, things that she has achieved. Obviously, if you want to uh, know more about her, and in particular, obviously, some of those stories then I would recommend obviously uh, checking out the book The Extraordinary Unordinary You as she mentioned that is available on Amazon um, but needless to say we have a competition so if you want to get your hands on a copy of this then head over to iTunes go and leave a review for the Planted Mindset podcast for this particular episode as stating what you really enjoyed about it um, five star hopefully uh, take a screenshot and then go and put that in your stories on Instagram, tagging both Simone and myself in, and you could be in a chance to win a copy of the book. So it is that simple, literally. Do as I just said there, go and leave that review, go and snap it and post it on IG uh, to be within a chance. Uh, you are a winner will be drawn at random. Um, so as the saying always goes, uh, be in it to win it. So um, key takeaways from that episode, I think there were so many, but um, I just uh, was really blown away by her daughter's uh, thought process with regards to the passing, the, uh, you know, the good deed on of buying the, the person behind the coffee. And I think it's uh, really poignant. Sometimes we can get so caught up in life, can't we, um, that we can forget about the most simple things and uh, a random act of kindness really can make all the difference to someone's day. So hopefully leaving that into your thought process, um, something that happens today, you know, open a door for someone, smile at someone, or why not, you know, buy them a coffee because uh, how would that make you feel if it was actually done for you um, obviously don't think it's going to be pure someone's you know it's a genuine random act of kindness so I hope that's left you feeling a lot more positive as always these podcast episodes are varying on topics of fitness mindset and nutrition uh, naturally being plant-based I do like to bring in guests that um, talk about plant-based nutrition as well so if you do know someone uh, that you think would be a really good guest for this show or indeed that is yourself then do contact me you can shoot me over a dm on instagram on the planted mindset podcast um or if you actually have a question that you would like me to answer or ask one of the guests, then by all means, like put that on, um, send me a DM for that as well. But finally, as well, like tell, give me some feedback. Tell me what you're liking about the show, what you'd like to hear more of, um, because obviously as this show grows and evolves, I want to bring the content to you that you're looking forward to listening to. So it really helps to sort of uh, curate the show uh, based on that feedback. So um, by all means, yeah, DM the Planted Mindset podcast. And don't forget to go over to the website, uh, www.nbefit.co. Uk. check out the planted mindset 
uh, leaderboard, podcast leaderboard uh, for the scores to see where everyone is. Obviously, um, we are now getting a bit of a competition going there. So uh, naturally, that that streak of uh, wanting to do well, uh, people are going to start seeing their, their scores and where they're fitting on there. Then naturally, they're going to want to come back as well. So you know that this uh, podcast is going to bring you these great guests back uh, with great topics to talk about. So uh, I'll leave it until next week, but um, go and do that good deed today and have a great day, whatever it is you're doing.